they slice him up another level. They start talking about his championships and start putting the asterisk by it. This is the Kobe effect. I'm tired of people trying to equate what LeBron did in going to Miami and what KD, KD did going to Golden State. They got dysfunction. They got baby Shaq. They got Butler's <laughs> ego. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Skip and Shannon to break down the Warriors' chances of finishing off the Rockets in Houston. Who wins Game 3? I got the Rockets winning. Ah. Mm -hmm. I got the Rockets. Uh, I do think Golden State will go on to win the series, but I think the Rockets win. Three things. One, one of the reasons Golden State is up is the play of Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. They have been great. Iguodala, a 33% three-point shooter, has never been a good three-point no. shooter, even when he won the MVP in the finals. Now he's shooting 43% from three in these first two games. Draymond, we know, has been great, shooting almost 70% from the field, 14 points a game, Iggy, 15 points a game. I don't think they're doing that in Houston. So I think those two come back to earth. And Clay and Steph really haven't been Clay and Steph, and I think that the Rockets have a good job of limiting those guys, you know, not letting them go off and have huge games. Uh, then I think Clint Capella. We know he hasn't shown up. But part of that, I know a lot of it's on him. I say most of it's on him. But they also aren't getting him his looks. He averaged 11 shots a game in the regular season. We know 16 and a half points. Nine shots total mm -hmm. in the first two games. So get him the ball we know you're not going to throw it to him on the block. We know that. But they got to get him the ball more in some scoring positions so he can be effective. And then thirdly, I think their focus will be better. I really think that they were they psyched themselves out going into game two, talking so I much agree. about the officials. It's coming down from on high. Daryl Morey, you know, Mike D'Antoni. I think the players, they had nine of their turnovers in the first quarter of game two, they were just giving it up on every possession early on. I think it was because they weren't focused on the game. They were focused on the officiating. And I think now, with all that kind of died down, they'll be more focused on the task at hand. So I think Houston does win tonight. I agree with you. I took the uh, the Rockets in game three. I think a lot of that, the reason why Steph and Clay haven't really found their rhythm is that when Kevin Durant gets it going, you feed the hot hand. Well, when you feed the hot hand, it's hard for someone else to get a rhythm. That's the fine line that the really great players, they, 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 they have to walk. Do I take completely over and just go get mine all of a sudden, and then they don't have a rhythm? Or do I do enough and also keep them ingratiated into the offense also? Mm. I agree with everything you just said. Even though Clint Capella, they're not getting him his shots, a lot of his shots comes on offensive rebounds, put-back dunks. So he needs to start hitting the backboards like uh, uh, the Warriors have been hitting the backboards, you know, 18 offensive rebounds. That's a lot. You're not beating that team. Mm -hmm. And game two, Skip, they go ten, make 10 threes in the first half. They're down nine points because they turned the ball over 13 times. In a game that you hit that many uh, threes in the first half, you're normally up mm -hmm. unless you turn the ball over, mm -hmm. unless, you give up unless you give up offensive rebounds like they gave them up. You can't win like that. They'll be better at home. That crowd will be energized. James Harden to drop that 40 spot on them. 
-hmm. and we're going to be down 2-1 talking smack and we be ready to go game four, tie mm -hmm. this thing up. Now that you've said that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I still got the Warriors too, Chris. I just want you to know. I was about to say, you, you sounded like you. No, no, no. I, just, just this game okay. three. I still got the Rockets. I picked the Rockets to win this series, but I believed with all my heart and soul they were in perfect position to win game one, not steal game one, to go win game one at Oracle. It's why Daryl Morey sent them out there early, 48 hours to get acclimated sure. to practice at Oracle. Again, Golden State coming off a tough Friday night at Staples to try to close out the Clippers. Quick turnaround to an afternoon game two, uh, game one, excuse me, at, at Oracle, where they have been hit and miss all year. Steph and Clay allegedly had ankle issues. They combined to shoot to make five threes in game one. It's right there for the taking, and they flat out got robbed. And you are correct, or I'm with you on this. They they stepped on the floor mentally defeated in game two. They just didn't look right to me. And I know they shot the ball pretty well, but they, they didn't handle the ball well. They, they didn't ever seem to play with any conviction that they could win that game. And again, Golden State led game two from wire to wire. So now we get to game three. And I am rooting for Houston, but if you made me bet on it, I would bet on Golden State because I'm not going to bet against that seven-foot monster who plays for Golden State named Kevin Durant, <laughs> who once upon a time played with James Harden. And the biggest question for this game is, James, who are you? What you got? Hmm. Because now this is it. This is do or die, basically. I, I know you could come back, but they're not going to come back. back. They're not coming back. You're not beating Golden State no, four no, times. Not with Kevin Durant on the team. Not going to happen. So you have to win this game. And, again, Houston beat them three out of four times. But the fourth time was at Houston mm -hmm. with no Kevin Durant. And what happened to James in that game? Well, you should rise and shine. You should take it over if you're that guy. And he shot two for 12 from three. And as a team, they made 27% of their threes, 11 of 41. Not good enough. If you do that tonight, you're going to lose. Yes. And I have never seen Kevin Durant play at a higher level. And where he's been at his all-time greatest is in game threes. Sure. What did we see? 2017 game three finals. 2018 yep. game three finals. What do you do in those two? Well, he simply went from 31 to 43 in those two games mm -hmm. in LeBron's house. What do we see against the Clippers on the road? Game three and four. He went 38-33. Then game six, the closeout game, 50. He's just he, – he is a, a team wrecker on the road. He just goes in and wrecks your building. He shuts down your crowd. He takes your crowd out of it. And I'm, I'm fearing, for Houston's sake, you're about to see that happen again. If I'm – I don't know why Houston went out of there early for game one. You psyching yourself up. You're begging about, we got to do something different. Is that what you normally do? <laughs> Treat them the same. Do what you normally do. As you well know. This is everything to Daryl Moore. His whole yeah. career has he's, been built he's, on this, yeah. this series. He's, this, he's right? built this roster. He's this built, is it. This is his resume. Right. This is what he wants on his epitaph scale. And so right now, if, I he's, took down the if, if he's watching, he's watching like this, right? He's just thinking, because he knows what's about to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, and, and this is what's going to happen to Daryl Moore. These Houston Rockets, very good team. Very well may be the second best team in the league for all we know. Yeah. Next, Chris Broussard joins Colin Coward to talk about the Warriors vs. Rockets and what this 76ers team could accomplish. The voice of NBA at our network, Chris Broussard. Let's bring him on. Okay, let me just start with this. This, what makes a good TV show is personality, talent, and a little bit of a hot mess. <laughs> Philadelphia is so much fun to watch. 
I know the rest of the country, they don't, they're not a national topic for a lot of shows. I love watching them play. They got dysfunction. They got baby Shaq. They got Butler's <laughs> ego. But when I watch this series, Toronto's a nice story. They got one stud. That, don't, doesn't it feel like Philadelphia's got significantly longer, more athletic, more talented guys? There's Well, a couple things. One, somebody asked me uh, just earlier today, who would be my pick for the finals? You know, just the most exciting finals. Yeah. The most fun. And I said Golden State and Philadelphia. No question. It would be fun to oh. watch. I don't think Philadelphia could beat them, but it would be exciting it would and be, fun. No it would, question. Philadelphia is a less refined, less mature, less buttoned up Golden State. Yeah, and you mentioned the maturity. That's the one question I had about the Sixers coming into the playoffs was, are Embiid and Simmons mature enough yet to win a big series? Embiid's showing me a lot, I mean, obviously playing-wise, but just mental toughness to play through this injury. So I'm with you. And look, their starting five is arguably the second most talented in the league oh, I behind think it is. Golden State. I think it is. Yeah, so they should beat Toronto if if both if they play to their potential. I question Brett Brown's coaching, but credit him, he's made some great adjustments. He put Tobias Harris on Mark Gasol. Yep. They haven't figured out how to exploit that. Uh, Toronto hasn't figured out how to exploit, you know, Ben Simmons in the half court not being an offensive threat. So I think they'll if they face Boston, Philadelphia down the road, that'll be an issue for them. But look, here's the thing about Toronto. Number one, let's just face it. They're soft. And it's not Kawhi Leonard. I don't it would they were soft before Kawhi got there, and they're still soft. He's not soft, but what is going on? I mean, this this is a soft team. It's been that way for the last five or six years. Thank you. And I, <laughs> by the way, I love Canada. Canada. Canada's soft. It, they're nice. I like visiting too, but it's soft. <laughs> All right, Drake. Drake is stop. a dope rapper. He's a little soft. All right, he's a great rapper and one of the best. But I'm just saying. Hey, like, listen. They have. They shrink. And they do. They First of all, LeBron was the meteor that led to their extinction in the playoffs. And now Joel Embiid is just intimidating them. It's, it's look, and here's the thing. They're making it so easy no kidding. for Kawhi Leonard to go to the Clippers or wherever he wants to go. And here's the thing, too, Colin. Shame on Jeannie Buss if she's not on the phone calling Masai Ujiri right now. Now, tell our audience who that is. For those. That's the president of the Toronto Raptors. Very respected guy. One of the guy. best executives yeah. in the NBA. Smart dude. She needs to be talking to him. Forget going to dinner with Magic. Call Masai Ujiri. And I know he loves Toronto, but I also know he wants to win at a high level. And, this, and you got to be sitting there looking at this like. Fred Van Vliet? Listen. My boys are shrieking. And know, they keep shrieking year after year. You know, I think they're just, I, I think also, when for, for years and years, the Boston Red Sox would shrink in the postseason. And then all of a sudden, you got Manny and Kurt Schilling. And these two sort of uh, transformative personalities put the franchise on their backs and said, Schilling and Manny are like, no, 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 no. We're better than the Yankees. And sometimes it takes a transformative personality in the locker room. Well, Kawhi is not a transformative personality. No. He's just a really good player. Right. So the reality is Toronto's not a free agent destination. There's about six of them in the NBA. Maybe four to six. That's what they were so fortunate to get DeMar DeRozan to stay. Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Chris Bosh. Look, 
they will, and I'm joking about Canada and Drake and all that, but they will have a hard time. Yes. Getting American free agents to go there. Of course. It's just as simple as that. It's It's not, it's a great city, but it's not America. And when you're there, you feel it. Yeah. And And, it's also cold and it's it's isolated and it's expensive. And that's the reality. Vancouver had a franchise. I think Vancouver is the most beautiful city in North America. Agreed. I go there like every other year and the players don't want to play there. You're like, Food, city, sites, money, facilities, great, 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 great. They didn't want to play there. Let me, let me say this about uh, Embiid, though. And, I, and I've said uh, Philadelphia uh, just loves me as a city, Cleveland and Philadelphia. But I've said this. I can feel with the Sixers a lot of Oklahoma City. And they had choices. They had Harden, they had Westbrook, and they had Durant. And they chose Westbrook over Harden. Mistake is it was becoming a shooter's league. They didn't actively choose Westbrook over Durant, but Durant felt that way. They made the wrong choice, and now they're a one-and-done franchise. Philadelphia's got four guys. They all want max money. Tobias isn't good enough to get it. Uh-huh. Butler's got an attitude, I'd be worried. Embiid's got a health issue. And Ben, I'd give it to him, but he's got to be able to shoot. Philadelphia keeps thinking they got this huge window. Chris, uh-huh. I don't think they do. I think these guys are going to start peeling off. Well, we we know the window definitely is about two or three years. Now, if MB gets his health in order, it could be much longer. Hopefully, he will for the sake of us as NBA fans. What about Butler? I told look, Butler is great. He is great. He solved their problems down the stretch, their execution problems, but I still would be hesitant to turn the franchise over to him. And we, you have to let this play out. If they get to the NBA Finals, then I feel better about bringing back this team as it is. What if they beat Toronto and then lose to either Milwaukee or Boston? What would you do? Well, I'm not trading Embiid. I know you've been on the trade Embiid this summer thing. There's no way. I'm riding, I'm riding with him as long as I can. Now, if next year... Health-wise, he falls apart, and it looks like, man, we just can't count on him. That's another story. But after this, I'm not trading. What I'm doing is I am getting him, and I know it's not only their decision, he's got to be involved with it, but getting him on a better nutrition program, getting that weight down, because a lot of people there feel like his knee problems are related to he's overweight and out of shape. Well, that was Shaq's issue in L.A. They just felt he was too heavy. Yeah, and Shaq wasn't – I don't know that Shaq was this big when he was younger at this age because he was a little – he wasn't slim ever, but he wasn't the Shaq we remember in L.A. at a young age. So you, I'm I'm working with MB on his body, on his work ethic – you know, if he keeps working on his jump shot, as I'm sure he will, his three-pointer, sky's the limit for that guy. So there's no way I'm trading him right now, especially in this league where there's no – he has no peer. He has no peer. I love Nikola Jokic. He's a great center. But he has no peer at the center position when he's healthy. So I'm not trading that guy. That gives me a a, a difference maker in this league of, of a bunch of shooters. Okay, so I had this conversation with my wife last night. She doesn't like sports. She used to be in HR. And so we're, we're sitting there talking, and we're watching this game, and I said, uh, this guy's unbelievable, but I think they should trade him. And, now, again, my wife's not a sports fan, so she's not emotionally connected to this stuff. It's just all common sense to her. And I said, what if you had an employee when you were in HR – you hired him, and for two years, he couldn't show up for work. She'd be like, well, he's a liability. And I said, Embiid. And she said, well, did he get healthier? I said, yeah, kind of, but he just missed 14 of 24 games after the All-Star break. He missed playoff games last year, this year, and he needs six treatments a day to get on the floor. And she said, 
Well, yeah, that, that's you can't build around that as an employee base. I, if you just take the emotion out of it, this after guy's, what you're seeing right now, no, after I, what you saw last okay. night, you're ready to trade him. Okay, after what I saw with Westbrook winning the MVP, I was like, stocks high, get him out. But here's the thing: now you, you can't keep trade saying, Westbrook. And I agree. I would rather have James Harden than Russell Westbrook. Now, Kendrick Perkins and Jim Jackson join Willock and Wiley to break down the chance of KD catching MJ as the GOAT. Agree with you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's ask this question. Okay. Player okay. two. Will KD be a real challenger to Jordan's legacy and throne? Can no. No. And it's unfortunate. Um, this is not even my take. This is just my assessment right. of how the Believe. barbershop is going to let this uh, roll. Uh -huh. And you know how the Go world barbershop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is how this is going to go. They already slicing KD up. He's not even looked at as a whole person and player like Jordan was. It's great. You talk about Michael Jordan, he's a great, great. player. You talk about KD, great scorer. Oh, one of the best shooters of all time. They already got him in subcategories. I'm like, that's not fair. And then they slice him up another level. They start talking about his championships and start putting the asterisk by it. Mm -hmm. This is the Kobe effect. Kobe Bryant won three championships with Shaquille O'Neal. And everybody was walking around and said, OK, Kobe, I see you three-time champion. And then the what? other side of the fence was like, oh, oh. did you really win three? Yep. And yep. then I thought Kobe was buying into the fact, I got three. I, I mean, throw them on the, on the table. And then he won his fourth one. And he acted like it was his first. Then I realized, oh, Kobe listening to them too. So they can slice you and they doing that to KD right now. Is it really the back-to-back -back finals MVP two times for you? Or is it you and Steph, what you got to do when you leave? If he wins another one somewhere else, that's not going to be enough. And I don't think they're giving him proper credit for where he and is they, right now. And they're not giving him proper credit. But to peop the people who know basketball, mm -hmm. they know that KD is an all-around great basketball player. He defends at a high level. He passes the ball at a high level. He rebounds at a high level. I mean, it's nothing really that Kevin Durant cannot do. And to me, I think he's on the verge of being one of the all-time greats. I mean, at the route he's going, listen, everybody say, oh, he went drawing the Warriors. KD didn't go call the Warriors and say, hey, mm -hmm. I want to come over there. No, they recruited Kevin Durant. So that means the Warriors needed Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant didn't, have, didn't need the Warriors. He could have went anywhere. But that's not but, how the story goes. But I know, but but this is how it is, though. Yeah, I agree. You know, you they, here, here's the pushback, though, because Jordan got the six rings and he did it in Chicago. Right. KD got his, and if he gets another one this year in Golden State, <laughs> like Marcelo says, an asterisk. Even if KD chooses to leave, and let's say he goes somewhere else and wins another one or two championship, it puts him in that stratosphere, maybe the top five. Because right. from a skill perspective, oh. straight skill perspective. Yeah. Oh, oh no I doubt. mean, it's, it's no one on the planet that touches his skills. No. But that part of it that, okay, those other couple championships were assisted by this, mm -hmm. but Jordan did it by himself, Kobe. Now, I think he'll be ahead of Kobe, but I think to catch Michael, you got to start from a fresh slate in regards to kind of winning that in a different manner. It has to be well, perfection. I, I just think as a, you know, I'm a journalist, I'm a storyteller, mm -hmm. I, I create narratives. And so if I'm KD, what I think he's thinking, he's not, he's, I'm gonna get this championship this year. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about one more championship wherever he goes. He's talking about Multiple. two, yeah, maybe three. three. Exactly. And so if he somehow gets to six <laughs> like Jordan, and then the extra layer of his story he will, he will turn to is like, because I think he has a chance to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. Mm -hmm. And so then mm -hmm. you start talking about 
Kareem had the sky hook, the most unstoppable shot. The second most unstoppable thing is the seven-foot KD <laughs> who can hit you from anywhere on the floor. Right. That His length, and that's why Doug Gottlieb came in comparing mm -hmm. him to uh, Kareem, is like, man, these seven-footers, they got a little aloofness right. to them. The, 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 and then this unstoppable shot. When this dude, he done took Dirk Nowitzki's one-legged yep, shot right. to a whole different level. It's He's unguardable. He the he most unguardable human being. He hit one in game one yeah. against Houston. That was can crucial. I ask you a question yeah. from a journalistic yeah. perspective? And I say this about time frames. <laughs> that we're living in a time now, and we're coming off the back end of Michael Jordan, LeBron. So the journalists writing stuff lived in that era. The people that are going to be writing the stories 10, 15 years from now grew up with Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Mm. How does that narrative change from their perspective in that conversation? Because... You, you know what I'm, I'm saying? You know? Because I think what KD is thinking in his mind, mm -hmm. and I, again, I think he's like Michael Corleone, plays it close to the vest. <laughs> he keeps LeBron close. He's yeah. not adversarial with LeBron, but he's like, we three and three now, championships, mm -hmm. after this right. year. Right. And I'm getting more, you're not. But, the, <laughs> but see, that's what Right, right? Hey, don't let this air-conditioned studio fool us, man. Let's go into the hot barbershop. And you've been there a lot lately. I see you tight. <laughs> My boy Whitlock real tight yeah, yeah. right now. In the barbershop, they're going to look at Jordan as perfection. He stays still. Yep. He yep. climbed the hill. Yes. Everything came to him. He never went on a seeking and well, journey to find it. I agree. You had to do that. Now, LeBron and KD are going to lose because they don't have a perfection story. They have a chasing journey. And you got to add everything up. But with Jordan, you don't even need a calculator. Okay. It's just easy. It's simple. If I'm in that barbershop and people are going to make that argument. And again, I'm not arguing. Jordan, to me, will probably still be the GOAT. Okay. However, the mm -hmm. other argument I would make is like, hey, man, Kevin Durant played in an era where there was someone more physically gifted than him. Same. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan mm -hmm. did not. Same. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird were not his equals in talent. Wow. Isaiah Thomas was too small. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan had a physical advantage. Kevin Durant, with playing in the LeBron era, didn't have that physical advantage. And here he is going to end up with more titles, potentially, than LeBron and maybe more points. He'll have an argument. Somebody go look. Following Antoine Walker is with Nick and CeCe to examine Portland's crucial game two win in Denver. It was very impressive. I was actually shocked. I, I, didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't think they could play this way and win a game. Um, they were very good defensively, very stingy, holding them to 35 points in the first half. Yep. And then you think about the backcourt. I thought they only could win with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough having big nights, or at least one of them having a big night. And um, ne neither one of those guys had huge nights. C.J. McCullough made some big buckets in the fourth quarter. But Dame Lillard was kind of non-existent throughout this whole game. They guarded him really, really well. But impressive performance by the whole team. They got six guys in double figures. And Rodney Hood, that's two games back-to-back -back where he's okay. played really, really good. Yes. And now they seem like they got another, I would say, a third to fourth score because Ennis Kenner is scoring the ball a little bit more than we, we expected. And Rodney Hood, his production has really surprised me because I watched him in the playoffs last year just look like a deer in the headlights with the Cavs. And so Rodney Hood stepping up and being legit, a legitimate bench mm -hmm. option and – I have to give credit to Enos Cantor yes. because Enos Cantor, I thought, was going to be the weak link in the previous series for Portland against OKC. I thought they'd be able to pick and roll him off the court. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm he's not, gotten a lot better on the pick and roll, yeah. he's gotten a lot better. He was he was arguably the worst post defender in basketball. That's why a guy who can give you, if you give him enough minutes, 20 points and 10 rebounds, was not a 
regular starter in this league. And so I thought OKC would hurt him. Even though I'm not as high on Jokic as most are, I knew Jokic would destroy him. Jokic is so skilled as far as he would be able to manipulate Kanter. Kanter's more than held his own. Mm -hmm. And so you can win a game where Dame goes 5 of 17, where Dame only hits 1-3. Portland can win a game defensively as they did last night. Now, Denver hit a, missed a lot of open threes. I understand yeah. that. But P Denver made six threes, which is terrible. Portland only hit nine. And Portland was in control the entire game. They trailed seven to three early. And basically from that moment forward, they led the rest of the way. One thing I got to give Dame credit, because it's really hard to do this. And I watch you play him, man. You go 0 for 10, and the next three, he still believed that they're going in. Yeah. Yeah. Dame last night, he managed how much he was going to shoot. He didn't shoot him out the game because he didn't he didn't have his best game. But with only with 17 attempts, I mean, he could have shot the ball at least 10 more times yep. to try to force force it at the end to try to get hot. So you, you have to be able to give him credit because if he doesn't take that backseat and allow these role players to build because they were playing a lot better. But the most important point is Cantor. And it happened in February when the Knicks decided to release him. Several days later, Portland signs him. You don't know what the future is, but now your center gets hurt with a devastating injury in Nurkic, and now you have a perfect replacement, a guy that's got experience, a guy that offensively will give you that other score in case they're having that bad night. Because last night, for, for a long period, he was the best player on the court. I mean, he has given them a lift, especially on the offensive end, and has drastically, uh, drastically improved on the defensive end. So right now, Portland's not in the position if they don't right. make that, they, they, they don't sign him in February. And it was even more impressive because you think about the series they come off with OKC, emotional series. Obviously, Dame um, took that series very personal. Yes. Um, game one, he still was on fire, getting 39 points, and then you didn't get into the second game and to be able to calm himself down. I was impressed. I didn't think they could win without him and C.J. McCullough having huge numbers. Numbers. Their defense was terrific. It wasn't the best basketball we saw. No, but, no. But, but they did what they had to do. You want to go in there and steal one. And they won ugly. They won ugly in the hardest place to win in the NBA all year, yes. a team that all season long lost seven times at home. If they went, if, if Denver goes into the series thinking, if, if we just stop Damien, we've got a chance, do you like them in this? No, they got to play better. They got to make some shots. They got to get some different yeah. guys to step up um, mm -hmm. for Denver Nuggets. I mean, they go, they make six threes. They missed ten free throws last night, and they out rebounded. I mean, it was like a ridiculous number, like sixty-nine to seventy mm -hmm. rebounds they had, and, and when they were in twenty-three offensive rebounds, and still was not able to score. They're gonna have to figure it out. Um, I don't know how hurt is um, Torrey Craig. He's big for them. Mm -hmm. um, he got his nose broke. Yeah, so I don't know how efficient. After. Right, I don't know how efficient he can be with the series being short and not a lot of rest time. But I like the fact that. Uh, Portland was able to get the game in there, now go home to their crowd where they, they play really good basketball. But I thought also, too, let's not forget, I thought Evan Turner was pretty good last night. I thought Zach, Zach yep. Collins and was CJ really good, too. And CJ in the fourth quarter. And if you – I read the, some of the quotes after the game. I didn't see the press conference, but I read them in the game right up this morning that – CJ said, listen, we Dame and I have sometimes it's spoken, sometimes it's unspoken communication about who's who's gonna be the closer. Mm -hmm. And Dame could tell he didn't have it going. Mm -hmm. He could tell I did have it going to, mm -hmm. to a greater degree. So in that fourth quarter, Dame only takes two shots. CJ takes seven, scores eight points. But if I just said before the game that to your point on the rebounding, Denver was going to have a a le plus 11 rebounding, but more jarringly, unbelievably, plus 16 
offensive rebounding edge. They were going to get 23 offensive rebounds. Dame was going to make five shots and score less than 15 points, and they're going to lose to the Blazers in Denver? I... It's a really impressive, ugly win for Portland that now has home court in this series. There are two times during the game that Dame was able to defer to CJ in the second quarter where Portland was able to get a little margin. They were able to pull away from them a little bit. CJ was nice in that quarter. And then in the fourth quarter where you see Dame took the back seat and was able this is a huge win for an organization because I've heard some experts pick Portland to the finals ultimately against Golden State, who I believe would come out the other side. But, wow, what a franchise that came into. Because we talked about them and OKC. Man, whoever loses this series, man, what a long offseason of doubting all the moves, doubting their personnel, and what do they have going forward. So Portland now with it 1-1, going back, not as tough as Denver. Right. But Portland is a tough place to play. It's going to be hard. Can Denver still win there? You can just kind of tell Portland's kind of demeanor. Last year, getting swept by New Orleans, coming back a lot more focused the way they play against OKC. Mm-hmm. And then going in there last night, I know it's only the second game, but to get that win, they couldn't win that a couple years ago. And this is a, this is a different team now. That backcourt is much, much better than we, that we expect now. Finally, Skip and Shannon debate the chances of KD being better than LeBron James. Realistic. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. I'm tired of people. take you so long to Because. Decide. I was trying to you figure torn? out. No, yeah. no, not torn. Mm. Skill, baby, you need to stop. Anyway, I'm tired of people trying to equate what LeBron did in going to Miami and what KD, KD did going to Golden State. They're trying to compare a speeding ticket to armed robbery. Yes, in the eyes of the law, we both broke the law, but one's going to be treated more harshly. You remember, before LeBron arrived, they had won 47 games. They went out in the first round. Before KD arrived, they had 73 wins and lost in the NBA Finals in a game seven. They also... Well, go ahead. But would you tell me about Draymond? He went crying into the parking yeah. lot and immediately called up one Kevin Durant and said, come save us. Right. We need you. Yeah, we did. He right? did. Okay, he did go that. ahead. That's go cool. Ahead. That's fine. All right, okay. And when he did that, Skip, how do you equate says, okay, 47, so the team that KD joined, plus 26 a two-time league MVP. Steph Curry is the only man in the history of the game Mm. to ever win the MVP award unanimously. Mm. All the greats, Russell has five, never done that. Jordan Mm. has five, never done that. Mm. Kareem has six, never done that. LeBron Mm. has four, never, ever done that. Mm -hmm. That's what KD did, linked Mm. up with that. Okay, Okay, let's go to second of all. MVPs in the regular season is four to one. Mm, LeBron. All NBA first teams, mm. 12 to 6, mm. Braun. All uh, first team, all defense, 5 nothing, mm. Braun. Mm. Do you know Skip Bayless since LeBron James has entered to the NBA? He's led his team in a scoring and assist all 16 years. Mm. Do you know Kevin Durant has never led his team in assist? Mm. Never, ever in his long-legged life has mm. he done that. Mm. So, Skip Bayless... Mm. It's hard for me to believe a scenario in which my guy has one, that's one, Mm. regular season MVP Mm. can be past the guy that has four, that has 12 first-team All-NBAs. And I tell you what, you know what? Let me tell you how you can do it, Skip. If Kevin Durant were to go join the Atlanta Hawks, 
and get them to the NBA Finals, mm. tell them to come talk to me. How about the New York Knicks? No. No? Why not? Because they're this, loaded, right? This is what we they're know. No, they're not. Hold on. This is what we know. When Kevin Durant left OKC, Russell took that team to the playoffs. When LeBron left the Miami Heat, what happened the following year? When LeBron James left the Cleveland Cavaliers, the worst team in the NBA is who, Skip? Is it my turn? It's your turn. Take it away. Thank you. You made a really good stab at, at trying to protect your I man. I trying to protect who, who, nobody. By the way, he's just sitting at home watching us right now. He's not oh, even getting boy. ready for any playoff games because he missed the playoffs. Okay, Kevin Durant's never lived, missed the playoffs. <sighs> I just want you to say that. Never. Hmm. Well, I'm about to shred everything that you just said. Try. Because here is the point, and I've been trying to drive this point home to you for two years on this show. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant is already on his way to passing LeBron James as the second best player ever. And trust me, neither of them will ever come close to the GOAT, the absolute all-time walk-away, no questions asked goat. Can he be better than Jordan? No. That, okay, LeBron's already the GOAT. Says you. Okay, LeBron's no, GOAT. Says me. So here's what's happening. Okay. Kevin Durant, right before your very eyes that you, you can't focus, has, you, I guess you got James Harden. Got, so maybe you got raked. I got, I got poked did in you, that Did you get hard. raked? Okay. Yeah, you got it. You got a lacerated eyelid. I don't know. What's wrong with Something's you? Something's up. But here's the point. Over the last two years, Kevin Durant has taken over this league. He is now determining the outcome. He is the difference maker who is deciding the championships of the Nas National Basketball Association, and he will do he will decide this year's, and on July 1st, he will decide the next couple of three championships okay. because I'm pretty sure he will go to New York, and then we'll start to see what happens. And if he goes up there and starts doing what he has been doing, you're going to be in bigger and bigger and bigger trouble because your guy's legacy is pretty much what it is and will be because I don't think he can add much to his legacy Oh, he can't, but KD can. Well, KD can. KD's just 30 years of age, so he's got... So, LeBron, so I'm, 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 make, sure yeah. you, make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Okay. So if LeBron wins another MVP, mm -hmm. LeBron wins another title, that does nothing to his legacy. No, it would enhance, but how's he going to do that <laughs> unless Kevin comes to L.A.? If You got me there. If Kevin comes to join the Lakers, you got it. Oh. Yeah, you got me. Okay. Okay? But even if he goes, if he leaves the door open in the West by leaving Golden State... Your legacy is still in even more trouble because he'll go to the Eastern Conference and start dominating there. So, what have we seen over these last two years? As you said, Golden State was up three to one in the finals over LeBron James Cavaliers. And what happened right on schedule? Steph came up even smaller than he often is in the postseason. And Clay just disappeared like he occasionally does in the postseason. And Draymond Green occasionally through that span, after he got suspended for that pivotal game five, he occasionally looked like the second-round draft pick that he was. And I'm going to say it again. If you took those three and just put them in the park and you're choosing sides, you're just choosing up to play five-on-five five shirt skins, and you look at those three, I just don't know if you're picking them automatically one, two, three if there are ten guys lined up in the park because they don't look the part. Any of those no. three guys just don't look the part. And I think they've been a little overrated in star power in, in, in uh, you know, as far as – a having a dynasty, I, I'm not so sure about that because I've, I've never bought completely into Steph in the postseason. I said the other night he actually hit a big postseason shot that should have been disqualified because he should have been disqualified with his fifth foul. Skip, I love how you continuously do that. Mm -hmm. you, can, can you continuously undermine Steph Curry. Oh, he had a 3-1 lead. But what about Durant? 
He had a 3-1 lead on Steph before Steph got the 3-1 lead on LeBron. And Kevin Durant came up shorter than Barn Toya mm. in, the, in the Western Conference Finals. Glad you brought that up because now it's coming clear and clear that for eight years, Kevin Durant was stuck oh, you with know what? Russell Westbrook. Oh, he was stuck now. Well, what happened three of the last four years he played with Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, especially the last two seasons they played together, took more shots than Kevin Durant. Three of their last four years together, Russell, ball hogging, took more shots than Kevin Durant. And Kevin still, in Oklahoma City, stuck with a victim of the decision-making and ball hogging of Russell Westbrook. He still won four scoring titles and an MVP, but he was shackled by Russell Westbrook. So he couldn't match LeBron in MVPs because he didn't have his usage rate. If you want to compare usage rates over career, ball in hand, LeBron's had it like a third more of the, of the game than, yeah. than Kevin Durant has. And even in Golden State, he just shares the ball. He just gets them when they come to him. So what have we seen? He has won back-to-back -back finals MVPs by going to the King's house and beating him at his own game right in his face. What was the passing of the torch shot two finals ago, late in game three in the King's house. That was 45 seconds left. And by the way, down the stretch of that game, the last 115 of the pivotal game three, the turning point of that series, would you believe Kevin Durant went on a seven to nothing run just by himself to win that basketball game and effectively just in that series? And remember, he shot the shot of shots. They were down two. And he dribbled the ball up the floor and shot it right. I don't know if we have that shot. Are we seeing it right now? Yep, shot it right in. LeBron James Grill shot it right in his face and made a three-point shot that just ended the series effectively. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.